What is this? You bunch of goofballs. So I got, uh, I'm lost. What are we doing? You're listening? Oh, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. All right, I'm with you. So we had a UFC fight night last night at my house. And it ended at like, oh my gosh, quarter till one, I guess. And everybody that was there is wearing these dark glasses because they're going to be asleep in Sunday school and they don't want me to know. So. Justin, however, bailed out early like the gir <coughs> girl that he is. And uh, so he's wide awake. So he's wide awake. All right. So if you've got a handout, everybody got a handout at the table? Um, we're going to briefly cover that front page and then jump into John chapter 1. Um, so what we're doing in Sunday school is this... Essential 100 series. So we're looking at 100 passages over a two-year period of time. We're doing 10 five-week series in the Old Testament and 10 five-week series in the New Testament, bouncing back and forth between the Testaments. So we just finished up our first five-week series uh, in the Old Testament, and that was Genesis. Uh, we covered creation. We covered the fall of man. We covered um, the flood. We covered God's covenant with Noah, and we covered the Tower of Babel. So the big-picture stories if you will, of, of what's going on in the scripture. The idea is that at the end of this two-year period, if you didn't know anything about the Bible, you got the basics down at this point. So we're looking at covering all the basics. Today we jump into the New Testament for the first time. Um, and very, very similarly, this lesson is, has a lot to do with the stuff that happened before the New Testament ever occurred. Um, so we're going to do a little history this morning as well. Um, got our schedule there of what's coming up next. Today is the Word Became Flesh. Next week is Gabriel's message. Yeah, we're having Christmas in February. It'll work. You, you can talk about Jesus' birth in a month other than December. I'm just, you, can, you can actually do that. Uh, the birth of Christ, John the Baptist, and his baptism and temptation. So this series is about Jesus' earthly life prior to the start of his actual formal ministry. So it's all the, the pre-work work that he did. Um, down at the bottom, this is an overview of our class, how things work. Uh, breakfast will be here about 10 till. We've still got several different opportunities to sign up for, you waving at me? Yes. And that's what I've got listed on the handout down at the bottom. So we have, yes. Yeah, so there's a link, there's a link at the bottom of the page, stewardheights.org slash Sunday School. You can click on, uh, you can go to that website, click on the sign up for breakfast link, and sign up and bring food, because... I know you guys like to eat. I like to eat. Um, I would encourage you not to take the diet approach that our uh, executive pastor is taking. You'll hear more about this philosophy uh, in, in the service this morning, but uh, Daryl started a diet on January 1st, and he's down 27 pounds through yesterday, which sounds really effective, right, until you find out what he's doing. He's drinking nothing but water, which that's good, right? He's running or walking a couple miles a day, which that's good. And he's eating one meal a day. Yeah, so, so we as a class need to love on him just a little bit and encourage him that there might be a better way that doesn't result in, I don't know what the result of that is, but that cannot be healthy in the long run. So there's, there's another way to stay healthy. So breakfast actually would help that. All right, so we'll be starting in here about, uh, with a lesson about 10 after each week, uh, starting with prayer requests at 20 till, uh, finishing up at a quarter till, and then this room, the idea is that this room is empty of us at 10 till so that all the little um, blessings from the Lord uh, can come in and, and inundate this room with their presence as they normally do. So, awesome. All right, so open your Bibles up to John chapter 1. If you don't know where John is, 
flip over to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, John is the, the non-synoptic gospel, if you want to get technical. It just means he's a little different. It doesn't take long to figure out he's a little different. So. Now, one of the things that I'm going to try to point out some things that were misconceptions to me growing up. Um, my mom told me that the first time that I missed church was the Sunday that I was born. Um, so I grew up in church, just constantly, constantly in church. And one of the misconceptions that I had about the book of John was that the book of John was written by John the Baptist. Because, yeah, what does it start off talking about? It starts talking about Jesus and John the Baptist. So it was written by John the Baptist. And it's, there were a whole lot of different Johns in the New Testament, at least six different Johns. This is not the same guy. Okay, So just a prerequisite thing here. So just a preview of what we're talking about today. Um, this is... When, when Jesus Christ came, most people did not get who he really was. Most people thought he was somebody else. They did not understand, and here's the blank, that Jesus is God in the flesh sent for our salvation. He is God in the flesh sent for our salvation. And this is a huge, huge concept that God becomes man, the enfleshment, the incarnation. Um, you go to Taco Bell, I use this all the time. You've probably seen Taco Bell in the news, right? Because Taco Bell is claiming that they sell beef. And apparently there's some dispute, which just makes me nervous, right? Just, it just oh, seriously. There's, it, if there's enough wiggle room to debate it, I don't know, okay? You know, it just, just kind of makes you nervous. But Taco Bell sells uh, a type of meat called carne asada. You guys have ever heard of this before? Carne asada. It's, it's, a, it's a type of meat that they sell. And the, carne is meat. It's flesh. So the incarnation is the enfleshment of God. So God comes to earth, he puts flesh around himself, and he exists in the form of Jesus Christ. And that's kind of what we're talking about this morning. You didn't know Taco Bell had anything to do with theology, did you? It's awesome. Theology's everywhere. All right, so John chapter 1. We're just going to read through the entire passage, and then we'll go back and kind of talk about what's going on. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, does this remind you of anything? Yeah, so the, the testaments are linked in a lot of different ways. In the beginning was the Word, and this is a capital W. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that, through, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Really encouraging stuff here, isn't it? It's, it's, it's incredibly sad. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I love this. And the word became flesh. And if I could insert something here, I would just say, and nothing was ever the same. Because it all changed <clears throat> and 
And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This is He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His, capital H, fullness, we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is the bosom of the Father, He, the Son, has declared Him the Father. And we see this just drenching passage of theology and of information here, and it's unbelievable. There have been books and books written on just this topic here, just this passage alone. And I've got a one-page handout, okay? So we're flying at about 40,000 feet, so just understand that. All right, we're going to zoom in every once in a while, but we're flying at about 40,000 feet. So in the beginning was the Word. Now, I got a question for Justin Harness. You know the answer to this one. I know you do. What is your favorite toy? Legos. Legos. How do you spell Legos, Justin? Wow. Wow. I... I thought, we were, I thought we were playing t-ball, and I said it right on the tee for you, but you just whiffed. Okay. <clears throat> Legos, L-E-G-O-S, Legos. The word here, anybody know what the word Legos means? It's really cool. You ought to Google it. Um, the word here in the Greek, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to look it up. The word here in the Greek is logos, L-O-G-O-S, and it literally means, it's the word for Word, yeah, because every language has to have a word for the word, 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 right? I mean, thank you, you helped me out there, it was awesome. So, and the word, how many of you in your Bibles, the word, word is capitalized? Yeah, so this in your Bibles is just a hint that, hey, we're talking about divinity here, we're talking about God in this instance. So in the beginning was the word, not Legos, Logos. And the Word was with or near God, and the Word was God. Now, this is just rich with theology, so I want to make sure we get this. So, what does John 1.1 teach? Well, it teaches that there is a being known as the Word, right? There, there's somebody or some, some God out there that's known as, this is his name, the Word. What else? This being is God because he is eternal. He was in the beginning. And you ask, well, what beginning is that? Pick one. He was there. You go back far enough, and you keep going back. Before there was time, he was there, which is very comforting, right? Because if he was there before we ever existed, do you think he might be hanging around for a while? Yeah. He's going to be there forever with us too, which is incredibly encouraging. So this being is God because he's called God. The word was God, right? And then there's this really neat phrase that says the word was with or near God. So we begin to see the door crack open for the Trinity here, right? The, the multiple personhood of the Godhead, right? So the word, you like that? The multiple personhood? I bet you can't Google that. That, one, that won't show up anywhere. I think I just made that up. <laughs> so you, you got the door opening here. Terry's just going to laugh now. <laughs> you got the door opening here for a relationship of God 
amongst himself. Let me know when you figured that one out. There are depths to our God that we will never understand. And I laugh sometimes when I hear people say, when we get to heaven, we'll know it all. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> we're going to live forever, but I don't know that we're going to understand it all. Right? I mean, I just, how are we going to understand something as deep and as complex and as wonderfully amazing as, as God? I don't know. It'll be fun to find out, though, won't it? That'll be cool. Maybe we'll get that assignment for like 20 million years. Just go try to figure me out. How cool is that? Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. <clears throat> now, when you read Genesis chapter 1, it doesn't say, oh, and Jesus was here too. Right? Does anybody's Bible say that? Because I mean, you want to check that, really. That would be important. Cross-reference to John 1 would be great, but Jesus was here too would be a problem. So if Jesus is there, what did he see? He saw creation, right? He saw man fall. <clears throat> and, and what we don't, uh, we're not aware of sometimes is that Jesus saw the fall and knew then that he was the remedy, right? Because he, he sees all time at once, which is hard for us to understand because we're linear, <clears throat> starting one spot, ending another. He saw creation, he saw the fall, and he is the remedy for all of that. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. If you want to just go on a mind-bending trip, read Hebrews 1-2 and Colossians 1-16. Because it talks about, in Jesus Christ, all things consist. Okay? So I'm not a physicist, but there's this principle in physics that when you zoom in close enough, what holds things together? And physicists have this really cool phrase, these two phrases on what holds things together. They have the strong nuclear force and the weak nuclear force. And that's about as much as they understand about it. Something just kind of holds it all together, and we don't really know what it is. <clears throat> now, it's a little more complex than that, right? I've oversimplified. What do you reckon that might be? The word holds it all together. He was there in the creation. He is there in the sustaining. He was there in the redemption. He will be there in the glorification of himself and, and God, the Godhead forever. He, just amazing what Jesus is engaged in here. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of all men. Now, there are two things that we are born into this world afraid of. <clears throat> there are two things that we are born into this world afraid of. One of them is darkness. Right? Many of us do not like being, how many of you do not like being in the darkness? It's okay, you can raise your hands because nobody can see you. Right? Yeah. How many of you, this is bothering you just a little bit right now? Anybody? Yeah, okay. Let me turn that back off now. I don't want to freak anybody out. So we are born scared of the dark, and we are born afraid to die. We're scared of death, right? People that are not afraid of death, we call insane, <laughs> right? Yeah, or liars, right? Yeah, it's, perhaps there's some overlap if you put it on a Venn diagram. Yeah. And the idea here is that we are born innately scared of darkness and innately scared of death. And what does Jesus do? He brings what? Light and life. He just takes care of it. 
Isn't that awesome? How many of you this is bothering you? Me walking around a little bit? I'm mobile, guys. Here we go. So, David Gazik, one of my favorite commentators, he said, It isn't that the word contains light and life. He is light and life. Therefore, without Jesus, we are dead and in darkness. We are dead and in darkness. Because without him, that's what we are. He brings the light because he is the light. There's a reason we don't need the sun in heaven, because we've got the light. We have the light that made the sun and the stars also. (laughs) (laughs) He breathed them out, you know. It was just extra. It's amazing. So only in Christ can there be no fear. Only in Christ. Because he brings the light and he brings the life. Verse 5, and the light shines. Now I'm going to throw a 50 cent phrase on you here, okay? Mark, you tell me if you know this. Where are you at, Mark? There he is. This is the linear, present, active, indicative tense. And I read that and I went, wow. I have no clue what that means. But it sounded really cool. And what it means is that you can translate that phrase, the light that keeps on giving light. Which is kind of cool, right? Because there will come a day where this world burns up. It's going to go away. Okay? When I was uh, three and a half years old, my family experienced a fire. We were on vacation in Kentucky. Uh, my dad got a phone call. We came back. We came back to ashes. That was it. It will teach you not to hold, hold on to things too tightly in your life. Because every, it, it, it did burn, and it's all going to burn again one day. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, a Pooh Bear. Y'all know what Pooh Bears are, right? I had one of those great big Pooh Bears. And Pooh Bear was in the house. And I'm in the back seat, and we're driving down the driveway away from the house. And I leaned up, and I said, Mama, did, did Pooh Bear burn up too? And uh, she said, yeah, Pooh Bear burned up too. And she said, I leaned back and went, hmm, okay. Now, she was told by several different people that I would need professional help because I never dealt with Pooh Bear dying. <laughs> I don't know. I'll leave that judgment up to you, but... Um, Whether I need professional help, yeah. But this light is the light that never stops shining. Isn't that encouraging? Because you're going to have bad days. You may have had one this week. You may be having one right now. But this light never stops shining, ever. So think of as far into the future as you can think. And then imagine when there's a time, there's no time, and the light's still going. That's an awesome God. That's an awesome God. It shines. Where does it shine? In the darkness, because that's where light is needed. And this is when we are like Jesus Christ, when we bring the light of Jesus Christ into dark places. Right? This is a light place. Right? This is a light place. When we bring it into dark places, that's being like Christ. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, the word for comprehend means two different things. Um, I'm going to borrow your bulletin. Is that okay? I'm going to comprehend your bulletin. I put my hand on it. I understand it. I've got it with me. Okay? So this is one way to describe this word for comprehend. Another way, because I, I see you've written on that, and I don't want to mess that up. Bam! I overcame it. I beat the piece of paper. Right? That was awesome. It's the same thing that this word means. 
It means to put your hand on it, to understand it, and it means to then overcome it. So what does the verse say? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome. Light and darkness, who wins? Light wins every single time. Love wins, guys, every single time. Beautiful. Verse 6, so we shift gears a little bit here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness. The Greek word here is marturo or marturos. It's a really cool word because it meant something about 100 years before this was written, and then it meant something totally different when this was written. The word was the word for testify. It's the word to give an account, to testify about what you believe. So many Christians testified about what they believed and were then killed for it that the word slowly changed meaning from testify about what you believe to testify and then die for what you believe. And it's derived into our English word, martyr. Witness is the word martyr. When you read about the martyrs in Revelation, it's the word for witness. It's the same word. The idea is that if you die for your faith because of what you talked about, okay. You gave glory to God. God help us if we shy away from that. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light because when we study the life of John later on, we're going to see that people would come up to him and say, are you the Messiah? And what was his answer? The answer was, no, I am not the Messiah. Do not confuse me. He was very crystal clear about this. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Now, let's talk for a second about this word true. This word true is an interesting word. This word true means the form and the substance. It's got the form and the substance. All right? Now, my wife is, uh, and I will say, a recovering uh, drinker. She's a recovering drinker. I didn't say alcoholic. I said drinker. Because she, and I'm not sure if she still is addicted. I think she probably still is. We're still in that pushing back phase of denying the self and walking toward the light, you know, kind of deal. Um, but what do you love to drink, Jules? Coke. It's got the form of Coke. And when you pop it open, it's got the substance of Coke. Now, there are things that claim that they are just like Coke. Coke Zero, for instance. It's got the form of Coke, right? Looks like it. Same can, looks, you know, very similar. But when you crack it open, is the substance the same? No. <laughs> Julie's like, no, it's not. It's not the same. How many of you ever watch uh, Cake Boss? Anybody watch Cake Boss? Where they build these massive, colossal, just amazing cakes. And it's all made of cake, right? The whole thing's made of cake. No, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. They do Rice Krispie treats. It's like, I don't want Rice Krispie treats. I want a cake. And they put this, this uh, what's it called? The fondant, right? Fondant, yep. I'm glad I don't know. That's awesome. Um, they wrap it around, and they paint it up and put all kinds of stuff on it, and it's a fraud. It's got the form, but it doesn't have the substance. And what this word says is that Jesus has the form of God, and he's got the substance, too. The real deal. Isn't that awesome? I, I get excited about this. I've been, 
I've been wanting to teach this lesson for like a month now. Try not to do jumping jacks right now, okay? <laughs> Verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And this is one of the saddest verses in the Bible for me, right? Because the creator of the universe came into, he stepped into his creation, and the creation went, who are you? Right? It shows how far we've fallen. We don't even recognize our creator. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. If you want the gospel in four words, there it is, believe in his name. Boom. About as simple as it gets. It takes us as men to make this gospel complicated. We, we muck it up all the time. We try to put all this other stuff into it. Just believe in his name. It's very straightforward. Verse 13, who were born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is not our work. This is the work of God himself that saves us. And the word became flesh, this incarnation. Now, when, when Jesus stepped into the world and became flesh, what did he subject himself to? Pain, hurt, physical rejection, torture even, crucifixion. He didn't have to do that. He could have said, the creation has gone amok. I'm not fooling with him. But he subjected himself to this because he cared about us. Now, this next word, dwelt, it doesn't mean a whole lot in English. But there's a whole lot going on here. This word, dwelt, means to pitch your tent or to pitch your tabernacle. This is cool. In the Old Testament, where did the presence of God live? In the tabernacle, right? This verse says, that Jesus tabernacled amongst us. He wants to live with me. I don't get that. I don't get that. I'm completely overwhelmed with this. Jesus is the fleshing out of God. Right? Because we don't understand things that we can't see, and we can see Jesus. We can see that he's a man, that he can do this. He dwelt among us, and we beheld or carefully studied his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And what a present, right? If you're wondering how big a present is this, verse 16, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses. But great, I got an amen right there. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So which do you want to be? Do you want to be under the law? And keep the commandments? Or do you want to be under the law of Christ, which is what? No, the law of Christ, which is what? Come on, guys. You know, your, you know your New Testament. The law of Christ, which is what? Don't say grace. The law of Christ, which is what? <laughs> love. Love. The law of Christ is love. I set you up there, I know. It shows up in Corinthians. So, commandments... Or love? It's kind of tough. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. David Gazik says that Jesus has declared the nature of the unseen God to man. He takes all this that is unknowable, and he wrapped himself in flesh, and he made himself knowable to us. 
brilliant plan. Because what happened in the, in the Old Testament when God himself showed up? When the glory of God showed up, what did people do? They ran away like little girls. <laughs> Sorry, I woke up all the babies. Dang it. <laughs> i got to work on that. <laughs> hey, we're going to be counting those on the attendance, by the way, so make sure we catch those. We've not been counting the babies. We're going to count the babies. They're, peop they're people, too. That's right. So what does Jesus do? Well, he fills in the gaps of our ignorance about God. Right? Because if you just study the Old Testament, do you think you'd still have some gaps in your knowledge and understanding about how God is and what his nature was? Absolutely. And Jesus fleshes <laughs> all that out. Oh, that was cool. That was awesome. <laughs> that was beautiful. Who was that? That was her. That was awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sound effects. Man, this is cool. <laughs> I love you guys. You're awesome. <laughs> oh, where were we? Okay. So each one of these lessons, we want to do four different things. We want to read the text. I want to try to explain what the text is talking about. I want to apply, which means what's, what does this mean in our lives, right? What's the point? Um, and then personalize, what do I do with that? So what's the point of this? Well, number one, the Logos is the Word of God in human flesh. The Word of God in human flesh. Number two, the Logos is the Son of God with the glory of God in Him. Right? It's amazing. Number three, the Logos shows men who God is and what God is. Because we're lost without Him. Right? We're totally and completely lost without Him. It's got like 17 different meanings, but we're lost without Him. So what do I do with that? Well, what do you think, number one? Believe in his name. Yeah. Believe in his name, right? Praise God he made it easy because we have a demonstrated history of ignorance and incompetence. If you don't believe so, just read the Old Testament. Right? Less than 100 years after they get off the boat from the flood, what do they do? They go, it's all about us. We're going to forget God. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, Justin, can you ease off into the lobby and see if uh, Craig and Jason are out there? Thanks. Um, some of you will notice that it is 936. No, there's no tremble in the force. It's okay. Um, we have somebody that's coming with us this morning that I am really excited about. The announcement's on the board. Now, this is the no movement movement time of the class. Okay, guys? Shout out to Lori Drake here. This is a no-movement movement, so let's stay glued. Parking to be across the street. Name badges. Daryl told me this morning he's going to be back on the warpath, so if you don't have yours, you might want to check that out. He's only been one day, yeah. <laughs> but he's running, so he might actually be able to catch you now, so that's kind of disturbing. Some of you know that Extreme Makeover Home Edition is coming to Chattanooga. This is my shirt that I'm wearing this morning. Big hearts wear hard hats. It's awesome stuff. Vision Homes, got that, got the plug, okay. I think I get a nickel every time I say it, I'm not sure, I'm just going to keep trying. Um, Craig Smith is a member of our church, and he is co-owner of uh, Vision Homes, not there yet, and he is supposed to be here in about two or three minutes, so he and his wife are going to come in, 
their partner, Jason Willard, and his wife, uh, Emily, may also be here. I have invited them. Uh, they might attend. They might not. I'm not sure yet. We're going to have Craig and his wife come at the middle table, and we're just going to surround them, and we're going to pray um, for God's blessing in their life, for wisdom, for sanity. They're going to take a house down and build a house up in 106 hours. It's just, it's just, it's like it's extreme or something. I mean, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> so what we're doing here at church is that we're going to blanket them with prayer. Okay? We've got 30-minute time spots that we're going to have people sign up for. At this campus, we're going to take Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The main campus has Thursday and Friday. And we're going to pray. All day long, we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask you to sign up. I'm going to leave these in here in the center. I'll be making an announcement at the end of service this morning. That's why I wear my red shirt. It's cool like that. And, uh, and we're going to pray for them. And you say, what do you pray for? Well, what do you think you'd need if you wanted to build a house in 106 hours? Yeah. <laughs> Just anything and everything. Holy cow, it's a lot going on. Um, there's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of three or 4,000 people working on the project. Since there's like this Christian guy that's co-running it, perhaps we could be Jesus to somebody. Don't want to get crazy about it, but you know, it is about the word. Um, so lots of different things to pray for there. All right. So uh, prayer requests from me personally now. I'm going to be working on the build site, and if any of you know me, um, I have no business being around tools, and I'm not going to be around tools. I'm doing inventory. <laughs> Okay, because I can count anything, okay? That's my job. Um, but I am going to be there in 12-hour shifts for the whole build. Um, and most of y'all know that just like all of you at my house, we have a lot on our plates and would covet your prayers during this time. Um, for my own personal safety, because y'all know me, I, I, the parking lot that I park in at work is one street across from the building that I work in. And we actually pay extra to park in that parking lot because it's the closest parking lot to my building. Because I forget to look both ways when I cross the street sometimes because I'm just thinking about a Sunday school lesson and I'm like, oh, it's a car. Holy cow. That's not cool. So just extended periods of time on a build site, I can only imagine what could go to please, right? That would be helpful. Um, all right, so until Craig gets in here, let's break up into our tables and do our... They are? Bring them on in. Okay, cool. How many of you have signed up to help? Anybody sign up to help? Sign up to give? Sign up to pray? The sheets are all empty so far, by the way. You can just do that anytime. All right, so uh, we're just going to gather around. Y'all just scoot in close. Just scoot in close. And if, and if you've been... I know a few of you. Please don't get close. <laughs> and for those of you in my class that have never done something like this before, this is part of the body of Christ. This is what we do. We rally around those that need our help and our prayers, and we pray. And we lay hands on them, and we pray. And that's kind of what we do. 